I know that there are usually two of us on the show, but sometimes you just have to play a single-player game. Usually those games are on a held-held device, whether it be your phone or a Game Boy. The game that I'm discussing today is a classic and number one Game Boy game ever. And a game that I could play forever and never get tired of it. Today we are listening to Pokemon Music. This is the Victory Road music. I have it on a 10-hour loop right now, which is awesome that someone took the time to do something like that. But uh, this is always entertaining, especially when you get all the badges and it's, it's time for you to go and travel the road and try to get to, you know, where you need to go and, and battle your way to the championship. So this music is always, it was always like... More, it was always more fun for me once I got here. I knew everything was hyped up. Everything was just ready to go. I was ready to just, you know, fight it out. It just got me jazzed up and ready to go. Uh, so today's episode, if you can't tell, we're going to be discussing Pokemon. Uh, this is the red version, blue version, yellow version. It's all the same theme. Uh, I had the blue, the red version growing up. My brother had the blue one, and my youngest brother had the yellow version. Uh, so I'm familiar with the, the red version. Uh, very, you know, very well. Uh, for the beer that we're having today, uh, it is the Osiris Pale Ale from Sun King. Why are we doing that? Well, because Pokemon for the Game Boy was one of the earliest games that I can remember playing. Uh, and it's like solely based on me. Like we had other games like, you know, Mario and Link to the Past and all that stuff. But this was me and my progress I didn't have to share it with my brothers. I didn't have to start over every time that I turned the game on or whatever. And so it was it was my first mine, you know? And I think that Sun King for me was also like my first like craft brewery that I started to enjoy uh, breweries, you know, craft beers, you know? It, I didn't have to have a Guinness. I didn't have to have a Miller Lite. It was like one of those first craft breweries. And it's just, I just think it's awesome. So this is to pay homage to them uh, and so this is the Osiris I hopefully I can enjoy it uh, as well and describe it as well uh, and so yeah the background music that we we're just listening to is the victory road so I'm gonna take two seconds to pour this out and then we'll get to the music as we go and so I, I poured this out this Osiris it looks super clear which is pretty exciting uh, can't wait to dive into that uh, but a little bit about this beer, uh, it is the Osiris Pale Ale from Sun King. Uh, it says, the Osiris Pale Ale is an assertive West Coast style pale with a distinct citra hop punch. It is 5.6% ABV and 50 IBUs. And according to the Geek Bitterness Unit, it is the 50 Ale, which was created in 1950 by Labatt Breweries. A little bit of geek reference more of like a craft beer oldie history reference uh, for you. So uh, looking at the can, the can has uh, had a couple facelifts uh, throughout the years. Uh, this one uh, looks really nice. It is a silver-ish gray can, and it has, you know, your 
uh, Egyptian style uh, stuff in the background, hieroglyphs, uh, the temple, the eye in the middle of the pyramid. You have some of the Egyptian, uh, I don't know what this is. It's like a cross with loop on top, the, the hook, a couple hops everywhere. It's just very Egyptian. Osiris, obviously, Egyptian. And so it is interesting to have an Indianapolis brewery have something so Egyptian, but you know, here we are. Uh, but the can is top notch. I remember sending, uh, these cans, the WeMac, this one and sun, uh, the sunlight to a professor friend of my wife who collected, uh, cans and he'd not been to Indianapolis. So he enjoyed them. Uh, for the beer color, uh, with whatever lighting I have in this room, this seems like a very, very clear, uh, but also very like coppery. So it's like a five, maybe tails, tails. Uh, I'll just keep it at that or maybe Star Fox, depending on like which part of the, the light I look at. But I think I'm just going to stick with that. Uh, there's not much of the flavor on the nose. Um, but it does. I uh, kind of smell really nice uh, on the no- you know on the nose it smells really nice. It has a great ambery you know like smell to it, but also kind of pale ale-y, uh citrusy. Uh, it's definitely you know can't wait to jump right into this one. And yeah, I'm I'm speeding right through here. Just you know as a solo, I don't really have a whole lot of play off of people. Uh, here we are, you know, it's, it's got that West Coasty, which I enjoy. Um, it's a nice, um, nice and crisp. It's not overly hoppy since it's just a pale ale. Uh, so that's, you know, that's always good. I do enjoy the crisp citrus flavor. So of my friends who's checked this in, uh, James R. gave it a four, uh, no breaks, any fuel. Uh, Suzanne gave it a four and a quarter she wasn't going to drink but it's trivia night um four and a quarter for another one uh bill krusinger had it at victory field he gave it a four and a half uh doug had a four and a quarter susan again kane moyer gave it a three and a half uh patrick doherty oh he osiris fuck you he gave it a three and a half. I don't know. It didn't, doesn't sound like he liked it. But it looked like he drank it at a subway. I don't know. Uh, he also gave it a three and a half for another check-in. Said pretty solid pale ale. Not great, but it's good. Um, there's a lot, just a lot of check-ins. Brad Ring gave it a four. Chris, uh, Mr. Gumby Six, Chris Leland gave it a four. Uh, so that's nice. We have a lot of people. This is very popular in the area. Uh, so it makes sense to have a lot of people try it. Me personally, initially, I gave it a four. Uh, I said I forgot to check this in many, many years ago, uh, which I would have said the exact same thing if I hadn't have checked it in. Like if, if me checking it in right now, that would be like one of the things like, oh my gosh, like I, I really could have checked this in a long ass time ago. But I saw I bought a six pack of these a while ago and I just held on to one for podcast. So I'm pretty happy that I'm able to finally drink that. So, jump in that aside, we are going to go into uh, more music. All right, so 
These are all the root musics. <laughs> the root musics. Uh, every single root in Pokemon has a different theme. Uh, some of them overlap, but you have a lot of these that are like one and two that are good, three and four are pretty good. So I'm just going to let this kind of loop out as we go. So this game in America was released on September 28th, 1998. The composer was uh, Junichi Masuda, had his home on a Commodore Amiga computer, which only features a PCM sample playback, and converted a to the Game Boy with a program he had written. We discussed this on the Spooky Levels episode, uh, when we talked about the, the Lavender Town uh, episode. But Junichi is a Japanese uh, video game composer, director, designer, producer, singer, programmer, and trombonist. Best known for his work in the Pokemon franchise. He is a member of the Game Freak Board of Directors and has been employed at the company since 1989 when he founded it alongside Satoshi Tajiri and Ken Sagumori. Masuda has worked at the Game Freak since the company's inception in 1989 and has been involved in every title that Game Freak has produced. Masuda is one of the original developers of the Pokemon series, beginning with the Pokemon Red and Green. Uh, he was first hired to compose video game music, where he is the first where his first game at Game Freak was Mendel Palace, a 1989 puzzle game for the Nintendo Entertainment System. After Mendel Palace, he worked on Yoshi, the company's first collaboration with Nintendo. When the company first began releasing Pokemon titles, Masuda worked mainly as a composer, though he did minor programming work as well, and later began directing and producing them. His work on the first game included writing the program to play audio in the game, music, and sound effects. Masuda has been directly involved in the naming and designing of many Pokemon. He had stated that one of the hardest aspects of designing and making sure that a Pokemon's name and attributes will appeal to a global audience. Since Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, Masuda has been one of the main employees who approve or reject designs for new Pokemon. He now serves as a member of the Game Freak Board of Directors. Alright, so... We're going to jump into the individual tracks that are more popular... And, you know, the root music, if you will. Um, uh, to start things off, we have the Boulder Badge, or, well, Pewter City. And it shares the same music as Marsh Badge, or Saffron City, and the Earth Badge of Viridian City. And so, you're just going to kick back and just think about when you get to the town, right? You go to the Pokemart. Go to the Pokemon Center. Kind of walking around, trying to find where you, the heck you need to go. It's uh, sometimes not that evident where to go. But it's always just, like, fun to go to these towns and try to talk to everyone. 
Next up on the list uh, is uh, Cascade Batch, or the Cerulean City. That would be the second place you get to. Uh, it also shares the same music as Fuchsia City for the Soul Badge. It was very nice getting here after uh, spending some time in Mount Moon, right? And you're trying to figure things out. You're like, oh man, like this is nice. You walk into this town and then, you know, shit happens. Obviously with the rocket, whatever, they have to deal with. The Thunder Badge. So this is Vermilion City. This is the only place that has this specific sound. If you remember, this is the one with the big ship that you have to go through, uh, SS Anne. And you have to fight the mean old Pokemon guy. Enjoys the Pikachus, Lightnings. Uh, not to be outdone, we have the Rainbow Badge. Uh, this is Celadon City. This is where you have the uh, the plant type Pokemon. It really sounds like a like a Poke Center to me, uh, but it does sound like a lot of the other cities. Um, so it's it's nice. It's not as soothing, I think, as like Boulder City or Peter City, but uh, or Celadon. Uh, it's not soothing like Celadon, but like more like you know Peter, I think. But I don't know, you feel like you just kind of had fun when you came here. And then we have Cinnabar coming up, where it's just on an island. It's not a city, it's just an island. And this one is not very, it's not relaxing at all. It's like you're there and you have a purpose. You gotta do something. But it was always fun. Especially when, you know, you're sitting here listening to this. And you're trying to do like the uh, the glitch to get the Mister Unknown or whatever. You you know you transfer between this and uh, uh, surfing tune. Uh, but those are the the five songs for the cities with the badges. But those aren't the only sounds that you come across in this game. You you spend so little time. In these cities, you know, you go into different buildings, you talk to different things. Uh, but a lot of these sounds that are more memorable are the places that you visit that don't have badges. Right? You start the game off here. You walk out immediately of your home and you're a pal town. I mean, this is really, like, relaxing. Like, for sure. Or, let's say that you have an issue and you have to go to a town because you just got done fighting something and you're weaker than all hell. You come here. That's always a nice sound, right? It's also one of the places that you did all of your link battles when you're fighting uh, anybody if you had the cable. 
But here's the sound that you get when you heal up the Pokemon and you get right back into battle. I just remember uh, a lot of those sounds I had a lot of repeats on uh, because I would go to the Viridian Forest and farm. Because I always picked Charizard, or Charmander. And Charmander is very weak against... Not very weak, but he's weak against uh, Brock. Uh, because he just didn't have any abilities until you got Metal Claw. So you had to fight in the forest to level up your Pokemon a bunch. So you did a lot of this running from the Viridian Forest to the town to heal and come back and do all these things. Uh, so this is very memorable to me because I spent a long time in Viridian Forest leveling up my Charmander. Uh, speaking of which, when you when you're walking through the woods and you run into like a patch of grass and a Pokemon attacks you, so this is the wild Pokemon battle. It's always nice when you're trying to hunt Pokemon to hear that sound, or if you were not in the mood to fight anything and hurt this one, you're like, oh no! I have to fight a battle. I didn't see him. Here we are. Usually you're able to fight these trainers, no problem. Uh, but, you know, especially if you were in like a place like Mount Moon and you couldn't see and you, uh, you had to run into these. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this, this really gets me jazzed up and ready to go for a battle, you know. Uh, speaking of the Mount Moon... This is, uh, you know, this is on par with the spooky and scary, you know? You go into a cave and you're like, oh man, I have to deal with this. But it's nice. It is nice for sure. got to the cities that I previously played for you and you really were just there for one reason you come in here and you feel pumped up I'm here to fight somebody I'm here to earn a badge I'm super awesome powerful Pokemon master and it's time for me to get that badge you're holding up there sir and then it's time for you to laugh at you when he fights you has a different have like this different tone, different uh, feel to the battle when it's a gym leader. I think it's a lot more enjoyable. You always have like that, whereas the other one is just kind of like I don't know, flat. But this one feels like just all over the keyboard. Uh, one of my favorite uh, things to do is ride the bicycle. It makes you go fast. And this is the music that you have to, you know, when you're cycling through the place, 
Uh, especially when you're just riding it fast, it's pretty quick and it's it's just interesting. It's like one of those themes that you can just sit back and let's do while you're doing a thing. Over and over and over again. We had this on the Spooky and Scary episode last weekend uh, for the Spooky Levels. Uh, it's not really a level, but it is something that you do run across when you come into the town. Because you have to go through Lavender Town. Uh, because you got to go to the Pokey Tower and you got to do a thing. But it, you just get this ominous view when you feel when you get here. And you're like, oh man, what, what's going to happen here? And you know, everyone, Agatha's like, you need to go to the Pokemon Tower. And when you do, you hear this music. It's just like an amped up version of the Lavender Town. I think I like this better. And you're just trying to figure out like what you need to do, and you're fighting all these Marwa or these uh, Cubones and ghosts. Kind of gives you an idea of like what you're gonna run across, which is Marowak. But it's a it's just a fun little place. And then I got a couple other like themes that are just you know kind of like places that you go and you run into. This is Silfco. so it's just the the uh, the Team Rocket headquarters. Uh, well, t makeshift headquarters they take over. Uh, just like the cycling, here is something when you're actually using one of your pet abilities. Or your Pokemon abilities. You're surfing. Kind of reminds me of the Mario underwater themes. I uh, mentioned this earlier. This is the SSN. Uh, this is when you're on the ship and you're, you know, going through all the cabins and all that jazz. Nothing really exciting about this one, but it is definitely memorable. Uh, this one's fun too, right here. This is Safari Zone. Um. It's kind of like nerve-wracking, right? Because you you had a you had a time limit and you had to go through these things. Um, but I don't know. There's just I just want to make sure that I got the safari zone in there um, because it is it is part of part of the nostalgia of Pokemon. You always have to go to the safari zone uh, and whatever. But we're gonna just go ahead and keep going through the routes. Uh, so those are those are a lot of the the main themes, if you will, um, for Pokemon. Uh, everything was just so like, simple. A um, whole lot of you know a lot of notes and 16-bitty, 32-bitty sounds. Uh, but it's very nostalgic when you hear these. You kind of remember like where you are in the game when you hear a lot of the sounds. You kind of feel like. Where you are in life with a lot of these sounds, um, it's just—it's just—I don't know. It, it's life, you know. Everyone played Pokemon, and you know, it, it's just even though some of these these high-pitched sounds that come from these machines um, are harsh, it is kind of relaxing in a way. 
because, you know, you just remember a simpler time when you just had your Game Boy and you played. So. Uh, yeah, this is a short episode, if you will. Um, it is, you know, it's just a single player episode. We're just here to kick back and chill and enjoy some, some great tunes. And, I don't know, man, like, I'm just, you know, just kicking back and I'm enjoying this pale ale. I'm, you know, half, more than halfway through it. And I can just sit back and chill. So this is the Victory Road because I'm just redoing all the the music. So it's good that we are back to where it started, right? We started the episode with this. We're ending the episode with this song. So I appreciate everyone for checking out this episode. It is a quick one. Hopefully you had fun and enjoyed it. So have a wonderful rest of whatever day you're listening to. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your work day. If you're listening to that work, enjoy your ride home. Uh, just kick back, enjoy life, and just, you know, be the best you can and catch them all. It's a big, big message. So, adios, everybody. <laughs>